0: Welcome to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gill and Brenda Stewart. Gill and Brenda are internationally known marriage experts who specialize in remarriage and the step family. The Stewarts offer valuable principles that can improve your relationship satisfaction with the love of your life. Here they are: coach and counselors, authors and speakers, Gill and Brenda Stewart.
1: Hey everybody, Gil and Brenda Stewart one more time coming back at you with Restored and Remarried with tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Happy to be with you again today. Say hello, Brenda.
2: Hello.
1: Hello. What are we talking about today?
2: Oh, this is going to be fun. Oh, fun? (laughs) I'm
1: stressed out already.
2: (laughs) Good, because that's what we're going to talk about today. How How many people do you know... Even if they don't say it, you can just tell they're stressed.
1: They are really strung out. Yeah. They are really uptight.
2: Yeah, yeah. And sometimes if you ask them about it and what they share, you're like, really? You're getting upset about that? And then other things are like, wow, I wouldn't even know how to handle that.
1: Yeah, because your stress is different than my stress and what gets you wound up... May be no big deal to somebody else. So it is a very yeah. personal thing. Your stress—it's like this other part of you.
2: Dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> but we all deal with it, right?
1: Yeah, we do. So we got to have some crack. Pr- yeah, practical, practical. We got to have some practical ways. To deal with stress, I mean, there's there's three kinds of stress. The stress that we all deal with within margins—that's about a level one. Mm-hmm. We all have issues. You got to make a meeting. You got to make a call. You got to be to the game. You got to pick up the kids. You got to pick up the groceries. Yeah. You got to take your wife on a date. It
2: sounds like level three. So that stress. might be a level
1: <laughs> three. But when level two and three kick in, that's when it starts to get away from you. You your coping skills are overwhelmed. You feel flooded. You are. Stressed out and it's too much. And mm-hmm. so, keeping it at level one, because we all have stress. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but there's unhealthy stress that can actually then begin to impact our relationships as well as our health.
2: Yeah, that's right. So what happens to us, uh, oh, counselor, uh, with the the physical end of things when we get stressed?
1: Well, people can read about this on, you know, the Internet. I mean, because there's answers and everything's true on the Internet. That's right. Yeah. But there's a a little thing about the the neuroscience, the, you know, the neurobiology of our brains when we are actually stressed out because the brain is just a part of the body. Mm -hmm. Your mind actually controls the brain. Just the same way that your heart is a part of the body. These are all things that are functioning together and your response to stress, to difficult situations, basically triggers some some biological stuff kicking around in your brain called cortisol.
2: Ah. Cortisol
1: is this stuff that when you get too much stress mm-hmm. can actually leak out into your system. It's like a hormone. It's like this chemical and it's kind of a poison to your body. Hmm and and too much stress can create too much cortisol and the only ways that are really effective to deal with cortisol is a good cry some good exercise or hope the installation of hope can actually reverse the cortisol and allow the other parts of the brain to kind of slow down the process and allow the cortisol to dissipate, to get flushed out, and that your good sense of state of being can return.
2: Well, the tears I get because sometimes when I cry, because I'm a crier, you say that's my rinse cycle. Yes, <laughs> so, crying kind of flushes it out. Crying is a rinse
1: cycle. There's and, nothing to be ashamed of. And
2: exercising, I can, I get. I mean, I've never had that runner's high, but you know, when I'm out moving around or you know, getting getting a little workout, I, I do feel better afterwards. So those are like tangible. But hope. Well, that, yeah, how but, does hope? Come yeah, I mean,
1: is? before we go to hope, I mean, even yesterday we got a chance to go on about a three or four mile hike. Mm-hmm. and i hadn't been able to get out for several days just because of schedule mm-hmm. and it was like okay we we had this function to go to it was like okay let's throw our shoes in our you know walking clothes and go take a vigorous walk i mean the science is and i'm sure it's been out on on the internet for a few weeks now that even a 10 minute of a 10 minutes of a vigorous walk can actually help your body reset so you know we walked for a couple of hours but I realized, and I felt in my body literally my blood pressure come down, getting mm-hmm. out and smelling the flowers that well not flowers in the northwest yet <laughs> we're just still in the rainy season almost, but I could literally feel in my body the stress going away mm-hmm. you know and and some people you know they're vigorous exercises, but for those of us that are maybe not vigorous and or maybe the under- you well know, anyhow. So just good exercise can help you out. You don't have to go knock yourself out and do a triathlon or be, you know, crazy. But getting to the point of hope.
2: Right. How do you handle that?
1: Hope is the ability of not only physiologically, but psychologically. My mind can then begin to instill some hope. I mean, even when I'm working with couples, when we've worked with couples, we, we ask that question. If you could have one thing that would bring mm-hmm. you hope, would that help? And they look at each other and go, well, yeah.
2: Their whole continent changes. Some hope. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can
1: see the stress just kind of go, there's hope. There's possibly some hope. Mm -hmm. And so to create hope actually reverses the cortisol. And some practical ways to begin to create some hope to come around is, number one, ask for what you need. Be a little Mm -hmm. assertive, not Mm -hmm. aggressive but ask for what you need. I need some time. Mm -hmm. I need to go for a walk. I need to hold your hand. I need to feel a good hug. I need a kiss. Mm -hmm. I need sex. (laughs) You know, those are a lot of things. That that
2: brings hope. Yeah, that can bring
1: some hope. (laughs) Of course, if you're in the right place, but it's that place of what do I need? And if you don't know what you need, then here's an idea to help you begin to get your head around how do I create hope? I refer to this as mind mapping. It is doodling. It's like journaling without words. You just start drawing little pictures and little thoughts and one word ideas and boxes and squares and triangles. And you begin to kind of connect the dots with this is connected to that and this is connected to that. It's kind of a guy's way to think like a woman.
2: Ooh, you should market that. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> so. in a lot of ways,
1: women's brains are connected to so many different things, but yeah. guys, we're kind of categorical
2: yeah, and we,
1: we kind of like, how does this impact that? And so if I can get the concept, the mind mapping, I can realize that point A and B are actually connected to X, Y, and W, then why not just go from A to W? Hmm. And that might mean that, you know, some of those other steps could be eliminated or reduced or, redirected mm-hmm. so but how do i know that if i don't get it out in front of me so i can see it yeah. it becomes a jumble mess in my head thus right. the stress goes up the hope goes down and i get stuck mm-hmm. so it's a way of kind of journaling as well as mind mapping and to kind of get it all out on paper there's some chemical chemical Impact, balance, good stuff for you people to get it from your brain, from your mind down onto a piece of paper so you can see what is it that's stressing you out. Because then you can begin to prioritize it. You can begin to work out an idea of some plans. Uh, and and when you are making a plan, make it doable. Don't make it this insurmountable mountain, but allow it to become something that you can tangibly really do simple simple simple
2: well so let's just dive in so we've got five steps to de-stress yes but you know even before this one of the steps i think that i don't know if it's just western culture or what but for us to say no what i know i don't want to do that or i'm not available to do that and sometimes it's hard for us to do that because we want to be wanted
1: Ooh. And we
2: don't want to say no, because what will the other person think if we say no?
1: Uh, yeah. But, but actually, if I am trying my best to stay focused, then if I can't accept your no, then maybe it's my problem. Could and, be. And your ability to stay focused, I need to respect your no. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's where, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you guys are so busy and I just want to punch them. (laughs) (laughs) Busy to me is a four letter word. Well, it is four letters. Well, but I mean, like I get passionate about that because it ticks me off because sometimes people think that when you're busy, that that makes you more important. We're not busy. We're intentional. We know what direction we want to go. And if some opportunities come along that don't fit that direction, because then we'll have to say no, because it doesn't fit into our plan. And if we say yes to stuff, we might be saying yes to the good, not the great.
1: Yeah, we've just minimized the direction we were going. And we
2: may not be good at
1: it. Yeah, and and, and actually, yeah, we might not be good at it, because there's a lot of things that I'm not that great at. No,
2: I'm still learning. Okay, so let's jump back to these five steps to do stress. So number one, you've kind of alluded to this skill, but it's it's identifying it. What is the stress? Yeah. And it's usually not one thing. There's like ten things. There's like all piled up. <laughs> That's right.
1: It's all piled up. So but think, you can categorize them. You can right. begin to identify what they are. Because if you don't know what it is, then what what is the mountain I'm climbing? Is yeah. it Mount Everest or is it a gopher hole out in the backyard?
2: Yeah. And then our emotion can totally uh, take us off track and make it something bigger than what it really is. Right.
1: Right. We, we've mislabeled it. We've we've made it grander of an issue than re- it really should be given. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So writing it down is. Yeah, definitely. So these are five steps. So number one is to identify it. Number two is uh, what's the most critical issue with the highest priority? Okay, and then we have a question that you need to ask yourself after each of these. So number two is most critical issue that has the highest priority that brings you stress, what changes can you make?
1: Yeah, even if it's a small change.
2: Mm-hmm. And this is where, you know, you get into brainstorming, which means there's no bad idea, and you write down every outlandish idea you can think of, mm-hmm. that um, a change that you can make, and then you can kind of weed out, okay, what's realistic? Wow, I do have some options here. Mm-hmm. All right, huh. right, right. Yeah. Okay. Then number three is you would list which stresses are difficult to change. And the question is, how do you plan to cope?
1: Which stresses are difficult to change? How do you plan to cope?
2: Yeah, because some stress that comes into our life, we may not have a lot of opportunities. To be able to change it. Something or even like,
1: even a say, because maybe right. maybe that stress is kind of when, here's a project, it's laid on your desk by your your boss, or here's a project at home, and uh, I, I, feel,
2: I feel... You can't get out of I it. I feel so. powerless. You know, <laughs> how are you going to I don't deal have with any it? voice. You know, right. i got to
1: deal with it. So it can be really difficult, but then how can I plan to cope with it?
2: It's almost like getting ahead of it. Yeah. Especially if you see it coming, it's like, okay... What's the worst scenario that can happen? So what are my options if that does happen? I know when I go there, it's just my stress comes down. It's like, okay, I can handle this. If the worst thing happens, these are my options.
1: Well, I love it when you look at me sometimes and I am like petrified over something. And then you simply come along and say, okay, so what would? what's the worst that could happen?
2: <laughs> yeah, let's go there for a minute. It's like, okay, what are our options? Uh, <laughs> you don't like that? <laughs> no, it's like
1: you know, just pushing me to the edge of the cliff and saying, okay, go ahead and step. You'll be fine.
2: Sure. <laughs> you know that whole growth thing. Oh, That's yeah. where growth happens. <laughs> uh huh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, you know, I think that uh, the the idea of you know identifying the most critical issues, high priorities, what can you change. What change can you make? Mm-hmm. Then moving on to the difficult to change, how can you plan to cope with it? Right. Then moving on to the fourth one, low priority stress. What are the things that are not that big of a deal? Right. So the question to ask yourself in that one, Brenda, is what?
2: Are you spending too much time on low priority issues?
1: So are we spending on? Are we spending our wills on something that really is like what truly is the big? Does They really
2: matter? But again, yeah.
1: if I don't, if I didn't do step number one. Then how do I know?
2: Yeah, because step number four, the low priority stress, you may have moved it out to be the most critical issue when really it's not.
1: Yeah, taking out the trash really, um, yeah, it could be a really high priority, especially if it really stinks, <laughs> Yeah. but at the same time, low priority if the trash just went out and you're like always wrapped up about it, right. kind of a stupid illustration, but hey, maybe that's a case. Right. I don't know.
2: I like, I like number five. I like to live in number five all the time. Okay. Love
1: number five.
2: <laughs> Least critical issues. So the question would be, can you accept or forget about these issues?
1: Sure, I can accept them. And yeah, forget about them. Possibly. I think the thought would be here is maybe not so much about forgetting about them, but just kind of letting them go. If it's a low priority, this seems pretty redundant, but if I can just let it go, forget it then it is no longer even on the list. Right. It doesn't even make the top five.
2: But if you didn't identify it as that, then you don't know where... How do you know, I know? Our emotions I... could be making it more important than it really is. Right. Yeah. I think,
1: you know, as I'm, I'm as we're sitting here talking about this, Bren, it's, it's even the simplicity of a counseling concept called solution focus therapy because then you begin to work on solutions. What can I do... That will change the situation, even if I take it from, you know, uh, scaling the concept from a one to a five, five being high, one being low. What do I need to do to take it from a two to a three? You know, what's one simple little thing that I can change that will create a different outcome, a different mm. solution? Mm-hmm. I think one mm. of the most crucial questions from that particular modality of counseling is the, what they call the miracle question. And that is if you woke up tomorrow morning and the big hairy stressing out issue was removed, how would you act differently? What would you do differently? So that you actually then have removed it. Maybe not in reality, but the way you think about it. Mm. If I think about this differently, then I I think kind of getting back to what you were saying with one of the points is I get out ahead of it rather than allowing it to steamroll me.
2: Right, right.
1: But it's cutting it a little thinner, causing it to not be, you know, the whole mountain, but maybe just the solution to get. Started with putting my boots on to start the hike.
2: Yeah, I go there for a minute about uh, cutting it thinner because I've heard you say that a lot in sessions.
1: Well, cutting it thinner,
2: slicing it thinner, slicing it thinner is—is
1: that stay with the emotion because sometimes again stress has a lot to do with emotion. Mm -hmm. So we go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing and to the next thing, and before you know it, you've got ten layers of stress. Mm -hmm. How about you just slice it really thin? And get to the thing that's the most stressful and stay just with that point rather than adding all this other stuff on. Because you can't deal with all 10 layers. Mm -hmm. You can probably only deal with maybe one or two. Right. Slice it thin. Stay with the emotion that's going to get you the best result, the best solution.
2: Hmm. How do you find that emotion?
1: That particular emotion? Yeah. What do you mean? How do I find it? Oh, I'm you're... stressed out about it.
2: <laughs> so how do you find that emotion that you're that is stressing you out?
1: Well, typically it shows up with words of I will never do that again. I won't ever let that happen when I'm feeling devastated about this issue. When you start hearing key words like that. Mhm. I'm angry. No, I'm not angry. I'm devastated. I'm sad. No, I'm overwhelmed. I'm scared. No, I am freaking out. When you hear those more intensive words out of the emotion then that's a pretty good indication that that's getting down to, you know, the the layer that you need to pay attention to. Like the rawness. That's the rawness. Kind of listen to your own heart speak a little bit because your heart has its own logic. It has its own emotion. The head, you know, it can get all wrapped up, like stressed out. Some people are wound pretty tight because it's Mm -hmm. all up in their head. Mm -hmm. But maybe if they allowed their heart to get involved, create a solution, get it on paper, they could get their emotions and their thoughts together, and that might change the behavior and the outcome.
2: Wow. And if that does happen in a relationship, whether it's, you know, marriage or dating, engage even in some work relationships, friendships, uh, there's a connection that happens with the heart because you're talking about raw emotion. Right. And especially in a marriage. I mean, oh my goodness, that that brings attunement to each other mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. well and yeah and that's what we want
1: i think we were talking about that just a few minutes ago is is that attunement when i'm stressed out and i'm trying to soothe myself kind of get myself in you know some sense of not being stressed out and we as spouses can be available to one another. You're mm-hmm. safe. I can tell you about it. I don't need you to agree with what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You might even be the source of my stress. <laughs> could, be, could be. But if I could share how I'm feeling about it and you kind of go, okay, and then reflectively listen back, i.e. go back and listen to Communication 101 podcast, the place is that you're available and that mm-hmm. we can attune. No, you may not agree, mm-hmm. but at least I felt heard. Mm -hmm. That indeed actually may reduce my stress. That's how we do it together. Some of this I can do on my own, but we live in the world of other people and other people (laughs) may be the source of the stress. They also might actually be the source of reducing that stress in a way that is healthy for them as well as us. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of connecting as you've talked about before.
2: Well, yeah, and I think getting back to what you were sharing at the at the beginning about how the, the body has the cortisol, which we want to get rid of.
1: Yeah, we need to rinse it out.
2: Whether it's through tears, exercise, or hope, and um, I like this whole, I love the idea of hope, and I'm, I'm a, I i am like to um, write stuff out so it's like you would sit in step number one to identify it, because when our emotions get stuck in this whole part of stress, I mean, it just ramps up so quickly. Yeah. And sometimes when you can mind map it and think about it, especially if you have someone that can help you do that, it's like, it's almost like a reality check. Like, okay, yeah, this is really important. So let's make a game plan of how we're going to tackle it.
1: Yeah, slow down if you can. I mean, in the the stress of a moment and you're looking at, you know, a deadline, yeah, no, you got to deal with it. But if it's possible to take a couple half steps back, and let your emotions quiet down a little bit, Mm -hmm. and let your brain kind of get engaged, then you're getting your head and your heart working together.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, as a review for the five steps to de-stress, number one, like we talked about, is identify it, right? Okay. Uh, Number two is, what's the most critical issue? What is the highest priority, and what changes can you make? What are some realistic things you can do?
1: Number three is difficult to change. You know, if it's a really difficult matter that's kind of just right in your lap, then the question to ask yourself is, how do I plan to cope with this? What practical things can I do to at least cope with the the uh, the situation in a healthy fashion? Yeah, so
2: I don't go crazy. Yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> right. Ask for help. Yeah. Number four is identifying the low priority stresses. So are you spending too much time on low priority issues? Mm-hmm. I mean, is this really... The hill you need to die on today, or can it be, you know, deal with it later?
1: And then moving to what is the least critical issues? The question again here is, can you accept or forget about these issues? I think it's back to, can it be eliminated with the word, no, I cannot do that?
2: Mm, yeah.
1: You know, no, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm unavailable. I think the point that I want to get to the bottom line as we wrap this up is is that as people in general working together in relationships, if we are too stressed out, we don't have the margins emotionally to engage with others because there's no room.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We, we, we're overwhelmed. I mean, I can think of some of the, the couples that we've worked with in the last several months. Some, you know, just Really incredible people who are so stressed out that they don't have any room emotionally to work with themselves Mm -hmm. and then their spouse or their kiddos because they're just too stressed out. They're too wound up. And then the ability to... Reduce that so that we can then get to the harder stuff of, hey, there's these emotional issues we got to get to. We've got to lower the stress in practical, doable, reasonable ways that you will actually follow through. Which is the ultimate, being able to have that emotional margin to love well, to be forgiving, to accept. And sometimes that starts with loving ourselves well.
2: Mm -hmm. Excellent.
1: Not selfish. No. Not selfish.
2: No. Because you can't love others if you can't love yourself yeah. very well.
1: I can't love you more than can't you'll let her, me. Yeah. And if you won't let me because you're too stressed out, <laughs> then, you know, that's that's frustrating. That's right.
2: Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, let us know um, how you de-stress your life. Uh, email us at brenda at com, or make a comment on our Facebook page or Instagram. And we love, we're always looking for creative ways to de-stress.
1: Right-o. Because as you know, if you ain't got the marriage...
2: You ain't got nothing.
1: Thanks again. Catch you next time.
0: You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried Podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter subscribed to upcoming podcasts and learn where they're speaking it's all on the website restoredandremarried.com connect on facebook instagram and twitter and hashtag restored and remarried plus they offer one-on-one couples coaching with amazing results join the stewards next time as they provide more tips tools and tingles for your relationship remember
2: if you ain't got the marriage
0: you ain't got nothing